Well, I need to know how to do today. I need to know how to do today. You need to know how to do today so that today will count. It's our acrostic, so that today will count. This word count actually means I need to know how to do today, Linnell, so that I know how to value today. I need to know what is valuable. I need to know what God says concerning Kathy. Make this day count forever. It's more than 24 hours. This can count for eternity. And so our theme verse that we started that hasn't to do with this Bible study, it's the one before that, so teach me to number, which means value, understand the priceless gift we have in this gift of today. So teach me. That just, that's a daily prayer. Teach me, Lord. I love what David prayed. I've learned to pray it. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. And this is going to be the crux of today's lesson, what I so want to communicate and persuade. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and then I will. It's a matter of my will. It's a matter of my choosing. I will walk in thy truth for the purpose of uniting my heart with God. There's nothing more beautiful, more securing, more encouraging, more uplifting than walking with your God today. There's just nothing like it. And yet we get so far removed from that as God's children. But back to Psalm 90:12. So teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to your wisdom. That I may apply my heart to this. That I may apply. I love the word apply. I love words. I love words. I love how they taste. I love how they open up my head to what I need to know. Take the word apply. I love that word. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. I love to apply frosting to my cookies. I apply it. Clint loves to apply butter to his graham crackers, you know. Alice loves to apply ice cream to her pie. Okay, we know, we know how to apply. And God's word is saying, Kathy, you need to be taught how to value today, how to do today. And then he gives me the solution in the same verse. He knew how easily distracted I am, so he makes sure it's right there included. So teach me to number my days that I may apply. The solution is in the applying God's wisdom to my day. So are you ready to apply God's wisdom to your day today? Because it is the most exciting thing in this day. It gives value to this day. By the way, that is the protection also. If I don't learn to daily apply my heart to God's words and what God says, I will naturally apply my heart, Teresa, to my feelings. That's where I naturally go every time. It's where we naturally go. I will naturally apply my heart to my feelings, to my opinion to my own personal sense of justice, which is right or wrong, which does nothing except build my pride and make me judgmental. God says, Kathy, learn to apply your heart to my wisdom. It's going to protect you from you. Proverbs 14.12 and Proverbs 16.25, there's a way that seemeth right. You can have your friends, you can have 
the world, you can have the news, you can have so many sources of information that tell you what's right and what's wrong. And it seems right. <coughs> and God's word says, no, no, no. If it doesn't line up with what I say is right or wrong, it's going to destroy you. There's a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death. If it's not physical death, it's going to kill my joy. It's going to kill my peace. It's going to kill my usability. So the other side of it. 1 Samuel 12, 23. This is beautiful. I will teach you the good and the right way. And there's Job. In one day, talk about not knowing how to do his day. In one day, everything was taken away from him. Everything in the, in the span of one day. And this is what Job prays. That which I see not, teach thou me. Teach me, Lord. Great God, I'm not seeing what I need to see in the midst of all this. And then Job says, if I have done iniquity, I will do it no more. So teach me. Well, praise God. You and I are in Sunday school today because it is our heart's prayer calling. Oh, God, teach me. Teach me what I need to see. I'm so blind. I'm so blind to that which I need to see. God, open up my eyes. Search me, O oh God, and know my thoughts. Try me, or know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. So with that in mind, we're ready. Let's find out what we need to know in this month of November concerning all the no's. Last week, the theme was you've got to know what you know when a no comes knocking, especially in November. Um, so number one, if you're a note taker, first of all, I need, the very first thing I need to know with the nose of November is this. I need to know that God knows. God knows. Tell the lady next to you, God knows. Tell her. God knows. I have a phrase, a power phrase. You know, we all live with these daily power phrases that we go over with in, su in Sunday school time. But I have a power phrase that I use, I think, almost every single day in regards to the no's that slip into our day. I'm talking about every level of no. I'm talking about the simple thing of losing my, fo my phone. Oh, no. Where, Clint, call my phone. You know, that, that's a, uh, all the low levels of no to very deep, hard, things, those level of no's. And this is the power phrase. Ready? You're going to love it. God knows. God knows. I say it every day so many times when something little and trite or something really big and catastrophic or all the stuff that's in between and God knows. Saying that out loud, first of all, is your power statement of you are securing yourself to the most important truth of your life. God knows. God knows. Now, we're going to get into the fact that God has a plan for my no. Oh, there's so much good stuff we're going to get into. Um, but God knows. God is omniscient. He knows everything. To do today, to make it count, you and I need to know that God knows. Job 23.10, he knoweth the way that I take. Wow. 
it is so humbling and so convicting to think about Job penning those words, Barb, in the midst of such a catastrophic day that you and I cannot even imagine in which everything in life has been taken away at once, and yet he's still alive. See, my prayer would be, Lord, take me. Take me too. Take me too. Job's suffering was that he wasn't taken too also. And he says, God knoweth the way that I take. And then he said he knew there was going to be a big pause. So I'm going to insert this. And because it's God's word, I need to insert it. And when I am tried, he knew the end. I shall come forth as gold. Oh, ladies. He knew what he knew. Remember last week how many times you've got to know what you know. He knew this with the no's that he was experiencing. He knew God knoweth the way that he, he was taking. He knew it was going to be hard. He knew there was going to be a waiting time, and we're going to see what to do when we wait in the middle of a no. But he knew the end of the story. If you and I would just rehearse every day what we know, I know the end of the story too. I know heaven is a breath away. I know the things in heaven that our Bible records that we're going to be experiencing, Julie. No more pain, no more doctor's appointments, no more surgeries. Those are just all the no's of this life. We haven't even scratched the surface of the yes, yes, yes. But I can't go there because it's not in this lesson. I have to get back <laughs> to this lesson. Okay, so first of all, we have to know that God knows. The confidence that we have because he knoweth the way that I take not only does God know, but A, under one, would be he has a plan for it. God has a plan for this no. Here are some things that I know that are in this plan. I know that God's grace is sufficient. I know that God's grace, Kathy's grace runs out right away. I do. It runs out right away. By God's grace, all I have to do is stop and say, God, you know that this person let me down. God, you know what this person did. God, you know, and you have a plan for it. Oh, God, I want to follow. I want to apply my heart to your word, not to my feelings right now. And all of this, girls, it takes a, it takes a span of less than a minute to apply our hearts to God's wisdom when somebody has walked in with a no in our life. God, you know. God, I know you have a plan. God, I'm going to follow what you say, what your word tells me. I'm going to apply my heart to your wisdom, your word. If it has to do with a person, girls, God's going to call you to forgive them. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Easy? No. Plain and simple? Yes. Multiple times? Yes. Because that offense is going to keep on coming back because Satan does not want you to get the victory. Satan, Satan wants to put your light out. Are the cookies all gone? I hope they are. But I'm just saying, your cookie today, which is always symbolic of whatever it is we're teaching, you're, you're the light. Satan does everything he can do to put your light out because this dark world desperately needs to see Jesus. And do you know when they see it? 
when they see somebody who they know has been wronged and they see you and me with a smile and with a confidence and with a grace and with a heart full of love and forgiveness because be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven me, God's grace never ran out. And when it got to Kathy, there was so much grace he poured into my life. He says, child, you've got way more than you need. Just ask me for it. And I do. And the first thing God says, I'm going to give you grace. Now, this is what you need to do. You need to forgive him. You need to forgive her. And then you need to pray for him and pray for her because that keeps the offense out. That roots it out. Um, grace is sufficient. I know, here's another thing you and I know, I know he has a plan. And every no that he allows or sends, this is beautiful, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. It's not a point of me having what I need. I never will. Why do we set ourselves up for such failure, lawyer? Lori? Lori. <laughs> yeah, I dealt with a lawyer last week, too. <laughs> Got a whole bunch of papers. Um, yeah. His grace is sufficient, and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Paul says, you know why? He says, matter of fact, Paul says, I glory in this. I glory in these no's. Because that's when I'm going to access God's strength. That's when he's going to do what only he can do in and through me as I apply my heart to his wisdom. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And guess what shows? Jesus. That God receives the glory, Paul says. Paul says, it's a beautiful thing. It's the light that shines. A no is what makes my light so shine. I'm showing my faith. Here's another thing I know. I know this. I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now grab a hold of a girl. You've got to know what you know when the no's come tumbling in. And they happen every day at some level. God is greater than my no. As I commit my care, remember the series we had a month ago, casting, casting all my care upon him, for he careth for me. And the prayer, God says, child, as you cast this no on me, as you cast it, know that I am with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Know that I have a plan for it. And know that you are going to know me in a better way because of this no. You're going to know me in a better way because of this no. You're going to see what I'm going to do. It's going to build your trust, and it's going to grow your faith. There is nothing greater that can happen today than that I trust God in a better way, and my faith grows today. That puts such value to make my day count today. And it's all because there's a no that has been ushered into my life. Do you remember the prayer? The prayer is such a point of victory. We had it in, oh, it's probably a month ago. They all run together in my head. They're all so good. And this was it. This was Heavenly Father. Remember casting your care. What was the A under that? 
It was, this does not make me happy. You don't cover up what ticks you off. You don't bury it. You don't think it's going to go away. It's not. It's going to grow inside of you and me if we don't know what to do with it. Dear Father, this does not make me happy. So God, I pray you will use it to make me holy. Use it to make me holy. Use it to make me more like you. It is that personal prayer of submission to commit myself, not my will, Lord, but thine. You know it doesn't make me happy. Matter of fact, right now in my feelings that I'm not going to apply to this situation, I feel like I will never be happy again. There was a time in my life when I felt that. There was a time in my life when I was sure. Nobody was going to know. You all didn't know. You didn't know. But I told God I'll never be happy again. It's the devil's lie. He wants to put your light out. He wants to squash your influence. He wants to convince you that God doesn't care because he didn't do anything about this. And all along, nothing but the opposite is true. You've got to know what you know when the no's come in. God is greater than my no. Commit it. Cast it. Pray, Father, this does not make me happy. Use it to make me holy. I want to be more like you and activate your faith in this one-minute submission to God. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. That is what activates your faith. I can't wait to see, God, what you will do. You will be my strength. You will be greater than my no. You will reveal your plan day by day as I walk in your ways. I know that you've all been praying for R.B. and Chrissy. By the way, when you choose your faith over your fear, fear runs away. It's the only thing that makes fear run. Now, sometimes you're in a constant state of choosing faith because the fear is overwhelming. Do it. Do it. It's available. It's there. My sweet sister, we have a sibling thread on our phone. Uh, I have two older brothers, and, uh, and then we... And then Chrissy is my younger sister. And um, this happened. She was writing this Friday morning. Friday morning. Friday was the surgery. I did have this pinned. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> Your digitally challenged Sunday school teacher. Chrissy writes this to us. This is Friday morning, the day of the surgery. Chrissy writes, the day they would take her husband's voice box out. The voice, this is still my, it's not Chrissy yet. The voice that he has used only and always for preaching, for praising, for singing, for witnessing, for encouraging, for laughter. That voice box is going to be removed. Don't lean on your own understanding. There's no understanding the things that happen in life. There's no understanding. Chrissy writes, 
4.30 a.m. this morning. I really don't need to set that alarm. All night I've watched the clock slowly tick by. On one side, Renee is sleeping soundly. On the other bed, Chris has slept beside me. I lay there thinking and reminiscing. There was one last that I felt that I failed to tell you guys. It happened yesterday, about 5.30. We were checking into the hospital room. Allie Hall was at the desk giving us our room key and instructions, and Renee struck up a conversation. He said, Allie, tomorrow they're removing my voice box. You may be the last person I can share this news with before that happens. He proceeded to give her God's wonderful news of salvation, and through the grace of God, Allie prayed and asked Jesus into her heart. That is one last, dear siblings, I will never forget. Our night continued with many sweet times of laughter and tears, having devotions, talking with our girls, and communicating with our grandchildren. Renee talked with each of them. We read notes and opened up some sweet gifts. I'm reminded of so many things now as I type this in the waiting room. Soon they will call me back to join Renee for the next last. In the meantime, I will meditate on so many wonderful truths that will permeate my day with his strength. Psalm 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And then verse 13, dear class, that we know so well. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I, am, I will help thee. That busy morning, Thursday morning, as they were packing up to head to Ann Arbor, Renee, Uncle Renee, sends a text to Clint. I'd like to play it for you. Clint, this is your favorite uncle. You're my favorite nephew. I have loved you your entire life. You have such a great heart, such a good spirit. You're a fabulous usher. Faith in action. Faith in action. Now, I've got a question I need to ask all of you. What comes to your mind when you think about God? Now, reminisce on that. What comes to my mind when I think about God? Because whatever that answer is, it is the most important part of you and me. There is nothing more important about me than how I think about my God. And if we could see each other's answers, if they could be projected up on this screen about what do I think when I think about my God, I could with and you could with exact proficiency predict with certainty the spiritual progress of you and me. See, our soul, our inner being, moves toward the mental image of my God. And more important than what I say or what I do is what lies deep inside of Kathy's heart. Concerns my 
perception and conception of God, my God. You've got to know what you know. You've got to know your God. I've got to know my God. Guard thy heart with all diligence, for out of it proceed all the issues of life. Everything about my day, everything about what counts, everything about what value, everything that I choose, all of my choices are all stemmed from what I think about my God. There's nothing more important. So, do you think on these things? I'm not telling you anything new. To the majority of you, you know this. So choose it. Last week, I gave you a gratitude sheet, 30 days, one simple little thing to do every day of November because it offsets the nose. And, and it's God's, God's instruction. In whatsoever you do or say, do all to the glory of God. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God concerning you. And yet, even knowing that, we fail to do it. Instead, we list all the no's. We dissect them. We put them under a microscope. We share them on Facebook. God says, no. Dwell on what I do. Dwell on who I am. The mightiest thought our mind can entertain is the thought of Elohim, God. Thought and speech are God's gifts to you and me. God's gifts to us to use for his glory. You know you talk because... God created us to talk, but why do you talk? The why and why I talk is meant for God's glory. Do you know you have a brain? I have a brain. It's not nearly as good as it used to be, but I still have a brain. Do you know I have a brain because it's God made, and God used it, wants me to use it to think on these things? Think on these things. We are made in his image with the ability to know and communicate with our maker. Our idea of God corresponds as closely as possible as we know him from his word. It's the most important thing in my life and in yours. Why? Because to have false thinking about my God will bring me to a false conclusion about my God and me. If I don't know whom I have believed, I won't be persuaded that he is able to keep me, Karen, because I don't know him. You've got to know what you know when the no's come. <clears throat> I won't be persuaded that he's able to keep me. And at that point, I'm on shifting sand. Doubt washes in a double-mindedness. I love the book of James. James just says it like it is. <laughs> I'm a James kind of person. Does your faith work? Does your faith work? Faith without works is dead. Kathy, is your faith, is your faith working today? Is your faith growing today? You've got to have a faith that works to make your day count. And I think the saddest of all oxymorons is to say the word doubting faith. A doubting faith is no faith. So I'm going to give you three short scenarios, and I want you to find the connecting thought, the common denominator with these three people who are all dealing with a no. Okay, they're very varied. The first no is from Ezra. He had no following. 
no following. He was trying to influence people for godliness. Have you been there? Been praying for somebody to be saved like forever? And there was no influence. He had a huge no, and he was so burdened by this no. And then there's Joseph. Joseph had no freedom. He was put in prison on a trumped-up charge. Everything had been taken away as far as freedom and abilities. It was all stripped away. He was living with a really big no. And then there's Mary, the mother of Jesus. She had no resources. She had run out of what she needed, okay? So there's three levels here of no's. We're, we're familiar with all of them. I want you to find the common denominator in all these three situations. Ezra, 710. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and commandments. I'm sorry, statutes and judgments. Then there's Joseph, Genesis 39:22, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did, he was the doer of it. And then the mother of Jesus, John 2, 5. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Okay, what's the connecting verbiage? Do. Do the do. If there was anything I could convince our hearts of, yes, I have to know, I have to know the know. I have to know what I know. I have to know who I know. I have to know that God knows. I have to know that God has a plan. But then there's the great big drum roll, the great big wait for it, Kathy. If you really want to see what your God can do, there's something you have to do. You have to be a doer of what his word says. That's as I apply my heart to God's wisdom, I'm basically saying, God, I choose your way. God, I will do what you tell me to do concerning this no. And then I am going to see what only you can do. Girls, it is so beautiful. It is so freeing. So let's break this down. They all had a no. They all saw what God could do because they became a doer of their faith. If you want to read the rest of the stories and all of those, God just did a remarkable work in all those things. What do I do with my no's? Don't do what you think. Do what God says. Become a doer of his thoughts, of his ways. And that means do your faith. Do your faith, not your feelings. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what, girls? The word of God. How much were you in it last week? How much were you in it last week? Do I really want to become a doer? Then I've got to be in God's word. What new promise, what new strength, what new miraculous thing about my God did I plant in my head so that I know what I know? We're going to go back to Joseph. Okay, we've got three minutes. Stay with me. We have three minutes. We're going to go back to Joseph, who was such a doer. Um, don't do your fear. Don't do your anger. Don't do your feelings. Don't do your reasoning. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do God's word. That would be like A or B under point two, Cindy. I'm not sure where we're at. Okay, you're good. So what does God's word say about your no? We sit here this morning in our lovely classroom with such privilege. We all sit here with a number of no's in our life, every one of us, at every level. 
What does God's word have to say about your no? He has something to say about my no, about every one of them, every one of them. Um, I'm not going to get off on this. We'll probably cover it next week. But if your no concerns a person, I guarantee you the first thing God's word says for you to do concerning your no with a person is to forget them. Guaranteed. If you are not willing, if I'm not willing to take that first step, I will never see what God wants to do. It's my obedience to his word. If you have a no in your life that um, is anything from the many operations, the physical things, the financial things, like Mary, um, like influence with Ezra, if it's a circumstantial thing, this is what God is going to tell you to do. Ready? Trust him. Trust him. There's so much in God's word in which we wait on the Lord. It's a strengthening time. It's a building of patience time. And there's so many things we get to do as we trust and wait. Do you know what we get to do? Well, we should. It's the month of November. I, think, I find it very ironic that the month of November that is synonymous with giving thanks is probably the most ungracious, rude month of the year. <laughs> I mean, people are just they getting churned up because of the holidays, worshiping the wrong things, of course. And that's what we do. We get churned up then. God says, no, there's so many beautiful things that you get to do while you wait. I'm just going to give you, Jan, you won't mind this. But in a waiting period, the most profitable thing I can do in trusting the Lord, the next do thing, what did Joseph do when he was in prison? He wasn't going to be freed. God wasn't going to be, it was going to be years before he became prime minister. What did he do today in prison? What do you do today in prison? Two women were behind prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. What do I see? I'm going to do the do, and God is going to bless me in it. Here's a do that you do. You give thanks for all things. Did you give a list? Do you know that, that point in my life in which I thought I would never be happy again? And the conviction came so strong. It wasn't that I wasn't praying. It wasn't that I wasn't reading my Bible, my word. I was praying continually. My prayer requests were longer than my leg. That's all I was doing is praying. And the Holy Spirit said, when was the last time you gave thanks, Kathy? It hit me like a ton of bricks. And saddest of all, when I asked God to forgive me and develop a grateful heart in me, I couldn't think of one thing to give thanks for. That's your pastor's wife. Did I know better? Of course I did. But I wasn't doing the do. And getting up and pulling up the blinds and say, God, every morning before the sun, I those were years I wasn't sleeping anyways. It's pitch dark out there. I will thank you for at least seven things. And when you start, you can't stop. God, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for heaven. Thank you. All of a sudden, but see, that stays all bottled up when you don't do the do. When all I'm seeing are all the no's. When I'm overwhelmed with the no's. When I'm buried under the no's. 
God says, oh, Kathy, I want to set you free. Now, just in closing with Joseph, we'll pick up Joseph next week, God willing, if we're here. This is Joseph. Um, how did Joseph make his day count in prison? How did his prison time become profitable? Number one, it wasn't because of his upbringing. He had a bunch of bad brothers. He had terrible influence in his home. Manipulative, backstabbing. It was not a good family. It wasn't because he attended a good Christian school. Didn't have it. Nor because he had a dynamic youth pastor or Sunday school teacher that kept him accountable and motivated. Nope, didn't have it. He didn't have the latest teachings with godly authors or Paul at a life application Bible that we enjoy. He didn't even have a Bible, girls. Amazing. He had none of these things that are so available to the masses of Christian America, but he had something that the masses of Christian America does not have. Faith. Faith in his God, his Elohim. He knew what he knew. He didn't understand it. He didn't lean on that. He didn't go there. He applied his heart to what he knew. God, you are my God. We're going to get into this next week, and it's going to take us into tea in, in our acrostic on making our days count, and I can't wait. But right now for this week, you've got a list of no's. We all do. Will you commit yourself to knowing God in a better way this week? Will you commit yourself to prayer time, talking, committing, praising? Will you commit yourself to do the very first thing to do when you're in the middle of a no? Give thanks. Give thanks. This is the will of God concerning my no. Kathy, I want to release the pressure out of you. Giving thanks gets your focus off of your no and puts your eyes on so much that you do have. Just those simple disciplines so that we can know what we know when we walk through a no in the month of November. God, thank you for your word. Father, may each of us choose to apply our heart to what your word says. God, may we be the light. God, another thing small aspect that you give us to do while we wait or while we trust or while we forgive is, is to be that light. Father, help us in every space we walk into to make it better because you live inside of us. Father, I pray that as we take these simple truths, you, you wrote them out so simply so we could understand. It's not for lack of understanding. Father, it's for lack of doing Convict us if that's where we need to make a decision. And then, Lord, encourage us. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do in each of our lives concerning the no's that you have allowed or you have sent for the purpose of us knowing you better. In thy precious name, amen. Amen and amen.